Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSB Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Along with my twin brother, Danny Brown, we are thrilled to be able to present our next guest. Have you ever thought about climbing a mountain? I can only imagine the strength and the courage that's needed to ascend to a summit. While Dan and I have never climbed a mountain, at least not professionally at that extent, to that extent, our next guest has. I want to welcome Andrew Berger to our program. He's a, an award-winning entrepreneur. He's worked with building for-profits, not-for-profit organizations. He's now the founder of Jody's Climb for Hope, where he has raised over $850,000 for MS and breast cancer research. He's done this by getting over 250 climbers to safely summit on mountains over four different continents. He's also the director of Rare Earth Adventures, an expedition guiding company based out of Portland, Oregon. He released a book recently. It's called Carry a Flag from Pain to Passion, and it was the number one new release on Amazon's mountain climbing books book list. Andrew, welcome to the show. It's good to be here, man. Good to see both of you. Now, this is Danny, by the way. From uh, time to time, Andrew and, and the rest of our audience, you're here, David and myself, uh, say this is Danny or this is David, just because we tend to sound alike. So <clears throat> this is Danny. Andrew, uh, what is it about climbing that you love? Because when I think about things in life, there's a lot of hurdles. But you see stories of people talking about startup companies, SaaS-based companies, and they have this journey that they go on. It looks like they're climbing a mountain. Yeah. Get all to the top to showcase that to get to become a successful company or to become a successful leader or a successful entrepreneur, it is not a straight line. It's not an easy road. Typically, you got to go up big valleys and peaks and climbing up a mountain. So what what is it about climbing that you love? What did you learn about yourself when you reached these summits? Great question. Great question. It's a good thing I've had my coffee this morning already. That's a, it's a deep question. It's an awesome, really gets the heart of, um, you know, kind of what we want to talk about today. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a belief in the climbing industry. To be a good mountain climber, you kind of need three things. One is, you know, the, the ability to have, a, um, you know, a very short memory, poor memory, basically, um, the ability to suffer. And then the third thing is, I forget the third thing. Get it? Teamwork, maybe? <laughs> no. All they need is two things, and I, I've got a poor memory, so that's the only reason, you know, that's what you need. All you need is to be able to suffer in a poor memory. You know, it's it's a painful expedition, and so every time you go up there, like, oh, this was miserable, and, and then two weeks later, oh, my God, that was so much fun. I can't wait to do it again. Um, just need a poor memory and ability to suffer. So, a couple things that I really – get out of it you know because I'm just a horrible climber you can say oh yeah needs to you know, climb this but I'm not good at it so I just I like it so the obviously I just love getting away getting away from it all being away from everybody and enjoying the, 
the beauty of it as opposed to the hustle and bustle. You know, as people say, do you want to climb Everest? I'm like, no, <laughs> if I want to sit in a traffic jam, you know, and wait two hours, I would do it. I do it just to get away from people, not to be part of a crowd to say I tag something. So that's one thing. And the other thing, it's kind of a metaphor for life for me. And that's kind of what my book has been about. My speaking is that, you know, life is, can be so challenging and so painful. And, uh, but one of the things that we lack today is the ability to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. You know, our, we have so many modern conveniences. Oh, COVID's terrible. We're sitting here watching Netflix. This is hard. We're not off fighting wars or, you know, and yeah. so we, it's, that is the biggest lesson I learned is how to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Wow. And that's why I love mountain climbing. I appreciate you sharing that, Andy. And um, one of the things that I would share from my perspective and all of us in this chatter entrepreneurs and we talk about the ups and downs and the journey itself and we love the journey even though it's challenging but tell us about your journey of leadership i know when you and i first met you had really been an accomplished leader of different organizations whether you're in the health food uh, organic food industry whether you're running a publishing um, journal tell me about your journey of leadership and then how did you start or what led you to starting Jody's Climb for Hope? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I was really enjoying your last podcast about servant leadership, because that's really my philosophy is being a servant leader. Um, so I've kind of studied that. I've read Max Dupree's book. Um, as kind of my, even before I kind of became a leader, I was more of a manager uh, wanting to get into leadership. And that's the first book I read and really has shaped my vision for what a good leader should be, you know? So I really studied leadership over the years, whether it's uh, reading books or taking courses or um, being part of a CEO group, uh, a CEO leadership group. And so, you know, I kind of set out I didn't, I was kind of an accidental leader. I didn't think I was a leader. And then, you know, next thing I know, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm a, you know, an RA and a dorm hall. And then I kind of started running some things and started different organizations. I'm like, wait a minute. I, I, I didn't think I was a leader, but I think I it just it kind of, I gravitated toward it. Starting organizations and starting different things and leading different organizations, you know, as, as young as college. Mm. Um, and then, you know, um, leadership journey wise, you know, I was in, in the media business. And so uh, it was a family business. And my father was an awesome, awesome leader. I just learned so much studying um, at his feet, whether it was at the dinner table or it was, I didn't, he didn't want me to work for him. So I'd work there a couple summers and just get some nuggets from him and really learning on the ground. Uh, then I went, kind of went on to get my MBA. And so studied more there and continued to read and learn. And then by just by accident, <laughs> my father dies. And now I'm running this large media company, age 31. And, you know, there's no, nothing you can read a lot about leadership in a book. You can take it in the classroom but until you get parachuted in there and, you know, bullets are flying. It's, it's a different world. And so I made so many mistakes. And so all I learned so much by making mistakes and just a quick story. So I was that my dad had died and then the culture was we had some challenges and there was some really uneasiness in the culture people i kind of heard that and felt the culture wasn't right in the organization and i couldn't figure out what the problem was 
And so I had belonged to this CEO group called Vistage and they said, we're, gonna, we're trying this new thing where we're gonna parachute into someone's company, open any file, talk to any person that we want to, and then we'll report back to you. I'm like, hey, I'm having, there's some problem with the culture in my office. I'm not sure what it is or who it is or why it is. And they all parachuted in. They came in and talked to all these employees. And a week later, they sat me down. I'm like, okay, great. And I'm like, who, who is it? Who's, who's the problem? I'm like, the problem is you. I'm like, no, it's not. Are you kidding me? I'm perfect. I've been studying leadership. I've, I've done it. You know, I, I read all the books. And they went, Andy, listen. And I fortunately had somebody in my office, a consultant at the time, which just fortunate. And he said, Andy, just listen. And it was such an amazing experience. And that was probably 32, 33, 34. And so it was great that I just got crushed uh, by honesty and by getting this feedback, it was so valuable to me and really catapulted me to the next level of, of the ability to lead. Wow, that's awesome. I, uh, this is Danny, by the way, I'm blown away guys, just, just for that, because I think your consultant did something very valuable for you. When he oh. Listen, and it is so easy to to try to look for blame or look for reasons why things aren't working at other people rather than looking at yourself. Yeah, and I think that the mark of a good leader, an excellent leader, an amazing leader, is to be able to have a great self evaluation. Yeah, uh, and so you did that. You just did that. I think that also leads to this next question about a team. You trusted this leadership CEO group to come into your own organization yeah, yeah. Get to interview your own employees and to be able to come back with, with feedback that it, it kind of takes a team in order to do that. So when you are climbing these summits to just to reach the summits, um, you have to trust your guide. You have to trust your fellow teammates. And you even said this earlier, like, I don't want to be there. I, I just don't want to be there. And, and, but you're there. And so now that you're there and you're climbing, you can't just like, well, I'm going to go back. I don't like it. It's no, uncomfortable. No. So tell me from this uh, experience that you have climbing, as well as leading your own organization at such a young age, what was it about learning to trust other people, learning to, to rely on your teammates, learning to uh, rely on other people to help you have a dynamic organization, to help you have a great, successful climb? How do you put those two together and, and what are the correlations between that? We'll be right back after this short break. We wanna thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live Love Thanks. Live Love Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women's. Do you hear what I hear? That's the sound of your tribe, your audience, your people. That's the sound of your nation. The people who love to hear the sound of your voice as you bring your special message to them in your very own podcast. How do you get it to them? Let us handle that. We're Podcast Nation, and we make sure they hear your voice. Podcast Nation is a full-service podcasting firm 
that does all of the hard work for you so that you can be the talent and get your message to your people. Just text podcast to 929-244-4323 and talk to one of our staff on how you can get started with your very own Done For You podcast. Or go to podcastnation.com and get started today. That's P-O-D-K-A-S-T nation.com. Your people are waiting on you. Make them hear your voice. Podcast Nation. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Yeah, so I learned, you know, at a relatively young age that, you know, just surround yourself with the great people and let them do their jobs. As, as you know, Max Dupree and other certain leaders says, you know, your job as a leader is to remove the obstacles from those people, right? You always think leaders, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm the smartest guy in the room and you're going to listen to me and this is what we're going to do. And I, I've learned that I'm never the smartest guy in the room. You know, I got an IQ of 101, so I'm lucky if I'm smarter than one person in that room and I'm not a great climber. So when I'm out there, I'm not the guy going, okay, guys, this is what we need to be doing. Set this rope and this belay and we got to be doing this. This is the route. I surround myself with really good people, really good guides in case of mountain climbing. When I'm at work, you know, I surround myself with really smart people. Um, I'm secure enough. I know that I'm not real bright, that I, I got to compensate for that, just like I'm compensating and climbing with really good people. And so when I'm running an organization, I trust those people, right? You know, if I'm going to hire you, you're going to do your job. I'm not going to micromanage you because, A, I don't know what I'm doing. And B, you're going to do it better. And, and C, that's their job to grow, to learn, to make mistakes and to help the organization move forward. When we were at Be More, I ran a company called Be More Organic. We were the fifth fastest growing organic brand in the country. And, uh, you know, we'd get interns around the table and I'd say, you know, what do you think? What, do you, what, what, what should we do here? And they're like, Andy, you, you're missing this. I'm like, oh my God. We, had, we were working on these labels and we were really far down the road. And then I don't remember what, exactly what it was, but they pointed out a problem with our label. I'm like, whoa, oh my God. Some college kid, you know, was telling me what to do and the mistakes I was making. And so, you know, if I were an egotistical CEO, not observing leader, certainly, no, shut up, kid. You know what you're talking about. I'm the smart one. Mm-hmm. So that has been a tremendous lesson for me is to listen to those people around me when, when we're on a mountain and we're having a challenge and I'm like, okay guys, there's a, so there's a big uh, cornice up there that, that's going to fall. <laughs> we have to get around that cornice. What should we do? The, the route to the summit is blocked with this mm-hmm. cornice. What are we going to do? And I'm not going to, I'm not the guy that goes, okay, get the team together, huddle the team together and, Eventually, the leader has to make that decision, right? It's not like, okay, you know, it's had, I'm going to get the input from everybody around me, all the smart people on a mountain in an office and say, this is where we're going to go. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. This is David. And one thing I was going to mention, Andrew, is when I first met you, we were talking about your speech, and now you're speaking more often. But in your keynote that day, you spoke about 
three principal lessons. I remember that? I do remember that. That was a year ago. Well, great speeches can stick with you. Right? <laughs> In that, you talked about know your why, go fast, go light, and get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right? That's with, exactly with right. Yes. So, I mean, I love your speech. I, I have to kind of give kudos. I can't be the only great speaker, right? <laughs> so you think about your your message and you think about how you transition your why and what led you to starting the Climb for Hope and why your sister and your wife were in, in, inter, integral in doing that. Tell us about how even that speech has evolved and just that one year journey. Where 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 has that gone for you right now in the last year? Yes, I. you know, again, getting feedback is really important. And, mm-hmm. uh, Speaking to live audiences, you get yeah, you get the feedback. You know, you publish the book, uh, it's good, but you're not getting as much live feedback. So the speeches have been really helpful to get that feedback, positive and negative. But um, you know, the three principles sort of I wanted to get on paper because I, they were helpful in running a business as an entrepreneur. They're helpful in my life, and um, I wanted to help communicate that to people because. You know, as the title says, carrying a flag from pain to passion. I've had a lot of challenges in my life that we've kind of outlined in the speech and in the book that have all come out okay on the other side, Mm. right? You know, lousy things. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear on YouTube. Uh, Poopy things happen on in life to all of us, whether it's COVID or the death of a spouse or loss of a job. But for me, I was always able to find a better opportunity on the other side. And so that's why I talk about going from pain to passion, because we're always going to go into valleys in our life and then hopefully go back to the summits again. And even if you're not at a summit, if, when you're in so many valleys, you get back to flat ground. Whoosh, that is amazing. I love it here on flat ground. And look at COVID. You, you know, when COVID's over, we're going to be going, yeah, it's not like we're going on to vacation. We're just getting out of COVID and we're going to be so, so excited to be just back to normal. We're going to be out of this valley. And so when we're all in COVID, we're all going to, where do we want to be on the other side of COVID? Mm. And, and back to normal is good, but this is an opportunity while we're quarantined to be able to look inside ourselves, to figure out what is our purpose in life? Why are we here? Why did we just go through this awful thing? Do we need to be better people? Do we yeah. need to be better, um, you know, take care of our environment, obviously our environment, you know, we can't continue to do these kinds of things. So what are we going to learn coming through this? Wow. And that's really kind of the message of my speech is you apply these principles yeah. to help yourself become a better person and find your purpose in life. As Mark Twain once said, the two most important days in a person's life, the day he's born and the day you figure figure out why. Yeah, that's awesome. And finding your why is so powerful. And that's how I started Joey's Climb for Hope. You know, my mom died when I was a kid. My dad died when I was 31. My sister, who's my best friend in my, you know, we went through so much for a year apart, dies of breast cancer. My wife gets diagnosed with multiple sclerosis six months after we're married. I had so many health challenges. I'm like, oh my God, I am on this earth to help take a bite out of disease so that other people don't have to feel this misery. And so 
that was the where Jody's Climb for Hope came from, A, the fundraising, yeah. and then the day job of being more organic, creating a really, really healthy food product. So I, all those lousy things were unfortunate to have gone through that, those struggles to be able to find my purpose. And then, you know, the famous um, uh, book uh, by the Holocaust survivor, uh, uh, he, he, he said, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna, it'll come to me, but we'll, we'll put that in the show notes. It, it was, when your why is big enough, you can overcome any how. Mm. When your why is big enough, you can overcome it. So I have bad days, we all have bad days, but my why gets me out of bed. I've got to raise money. I've got to put out a healthy product. It's a bad day, but you know something? I have a purpose in life, so I'm going to get out of bed. I used to get out of bed when I first started being more Monday is my favorite day of the week. It's, dude, I'm getting back at it today. I'm going to be able to help people. And that we get the letters and the emails from people saying, oh, my God, you changed my life. This food, this healthy product has changed my life. And that would drive me through the really, really tough times. Oh, Andrew, that's uh, that's deep. This is Danny. There, there's so much um, there's so much wisdom in that. I, I don't even know where to begin on this one because uh, I first of all, if you're listening to this, guys and, and ladies in the audience, Andrew said something very important. You're you're this time during COVID, we can look at it as negative or you can look at it as positive. And if you decide to focus on yourself and growth, learning, developing who you are, what you are, and you discover what your why is, there's no better time than right now. Yeah. You can be sitting yeah. down watching everything in Netflix. I don't know how many times I'm on LinkedIn or on Facebook and I hear my connections or friends say, hey, what's the next thing to watch on Netflix? Or what are you watching now? Oh, what's the next series? Instead of saying, what can I do to have personal growth? What can I do to develop who I am as an individual? Mm-hmm. What can I do to determine what I'm passionate about? We go through our whole life and don't even realize what our passion is. And when we right. discover our passion, we don't go after it. Andrew, you, you were so vulnerable to talk about your family, your mother, your father, your sister, even looking behind you and the banner behind you. And, and we see the pink ribbon. Everyone knows what that's for. Right. It is because of the ability to want to raise funds to help those who have cancer, breast cancer. And you have taken your pain, you have taken the negativity and you turned it around to be a positivity. You found your reason. You found your reason. You found yes. your why. Yes. It forced you to be un- to get away from the being uncomfortable. You say, yeah. you know what? I'm uncomfortable, but my why is forcing me to do this. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry, that is just yeah. mind blowing. That <laughs> One year from now, we're going to say, what did I do with 2020? Or what did I'm going to do with 2021? Okay, guys, listen, if you did not do anything with 2020, if you did not do any self-reflection, if you did not do any personal growth, you did not do any learning, start today. Yes. Take Andrew's words and start today. Go and learn. Go to DSB Leadership Group. Take the courses on there. Learn to uh, understand who you are, what you are. Get the opportunity to develop you as an individual so that when 2021 opens up we can step outside yes be like right. wow look at what i've become look what i've, what I've done yes um, yeah. i just want to uh expand a little bit more andrew you 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 talked about uh, a little bit about your book and, and i'm not trying to give away your whole book but i love the title of the book i love how you got started i think that 
the audience needs a little bit more nuggets from that book. Can you talk about a little bit more about the flags, carrying the flag from pain to passion? You had mentioned it a little bit briefly, uh, but I I want people to take the symbolism out of it because I think it's so powerful. Yeah, so um, those are great points about, you know, about uh, you were just making about uh, uh, self-betterment and improvement through 2021. And, you know, we're recording this here on, on, on really into the, just into the new year. And it's a fabulous time to sit down and, and put pen to paper. And it's like, you know, what are my goals for the year? What am I going to improve in and work on that process of, um, of, of, uh, of discovering your why your purpose in life. And so one of the things that besides joining your group and <laughs> learning from you guys and, 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 and using you guys as, as coaches and guides, go down to the library. It's, they're free still. We still have free books and go get Simon Sinek's, Simon Sinek's book. Um, uh, you know, about uh, know your why and, and things like that. So uh, just read it. It'll help you discover your purpose in life. And then that will be life changing. Um, so you don't, don't need to buy my book. You can go to the library and get that book and do it. But um, the, some of the nuggets from my book, so the, 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 the idea of carrying a, a flag from pain to passion, we were climbing Kilimanjaro. Uh, my sister was still alive at the time. And we're over in Africa uh, climbing. And this was our second climb. So we were relatively new at this. And, you know, not that the excitement is left, but it was so, so, so exciting. Here we are on this bucket list expedition. And uh, it's a six days up, two days down uh, of an expedition up to 19,400 feet is the summit. And you go through five different climactic zones. It's really exciting. You know, you start in the rainforest and you go through all these different things and it's a Every day is special, and every day you start. The cool thing is you can see your see your goal. You can see the summit. You can see your destination. So you really, you literally and figuratively know what your goal is. And so we'd go up over those days, and there's another group that was also climbing at the same time. This that's not related to us, and we kind of leapfrog those guys every day. They would pass us, we pass them, and you know, very superficial chit chat. Our group summited, came back down. Their group, someone that came back down and we were able to share a beer at the same kind of bar restaurant at the end and grabbed a shower and uh, had a conversation. I said, hey, guys, how, how did your trip go? How did you, you, know, how, how did you guys do? Well, 12, 12 of the 24 of our team summited. And I'm thinking to myself, 20, all 24 of our guys summited. What, and I, I didn't say that a lot. It's not a competitive thing. I'm like, well, what happened to you guys? And they're like, well, Bobby's feet got cold, so Susie took him down. And Billy got you know, tired. And so Bobby took him down. I'm like, someone's feet got cold. Are you kidding me? So we've got flags in my pack. You know, my sister's name is on a flag. I'm not going to let cold feet stop me from getting my sister's name to that summit, to that goal. Allie Madej was throwing up from altitude sickness. You know, cancer survivors they're throwing up every day for years from chemotherapy. Are you kidding me? Altitude sickness is going to, little vomiting is going to stop you? No. We've got thank you flags. We had thousands of people back home who had donated money, hoping, hoping we'd find a cure fast enough before they died. We had all these flags in our pack that we needed to get to the summit. And damn it, we weren't going to let cold feet, fatigue, altitude sickness stop us. And that was a valuable lesson in my life not just for mountain climbing but for everything I do at Be More Organic 
I couldn't get these kids to stop working. These millennials that we joke about, like, oh, you know, they get a trophy for showing up. No, they want to carry a flag. They want a purpose. They don't want a paycheck. Amanda, I'm like, Amanda, stop texting me. It's 1030. Wait, we're getting Amanda, go to bed. I'm going to bed now. She was answering Facebook messages at 11 o'clock. She bought into our Be More Organic mission of taking a bite out of disease. Nothing was going to stop her. Her mom had just gotten lung cancer. She bought into the mission. She, she got the emails from people saying that they're, how healthy the product was. Nothing stopped us. We all knew the mission. The interns, the millennials, our suppliers, our customers, the buyers at all the retail stores, they all knew the mission and nothing was going to stop them. We were in Kroger, one of the most biggest top five largest grocery store chains yeah. in the country. A guy named Tom Crowder was the buyer. Powerful, powerful man, kept control over a billion dollars of dairy products. Wow. Every August, he'd send me, I mean, I'm nobody, I'm a tiny little guy in Baltimore, and send me an email every August, hey Andy, getting ready to do at the MS-150 ride again this year, thinking of you and Jennifer. The most powerful guy in dairy emails me because he knew my mission. Love it, Andrew. I, I think what really inspires me is you made the point that every level, they knew the mission yes. at every level. And what I want to do is be able to kind of take that point you shared about the flag. You would not be deterred. You had a mission. You had a focus. You had to get to the summit. You had to plant that flag for Jody. You, you had to do it. And yes. while we might be kind of blown away, captivated by the lure of we see these shows, we see these movies, and they're planting these flags for their ego. Yeah. They're saying, yeah. accomplish something. No, your flag was a message. Correct. It was a message to be able to really honor your sister and her courage. Yes. It was a message eventually that grew to really also honor your wife, Jennifer. It was a message right. that grew to get people behind what these flags were for. We're planting flags because we're planting a message. We want to let you know that what we're doing is not just to raise awareness for research, but to be able to say we need to raise awareness of where we are and the heights that we need to get to. We've got to hit our summits. We've got to plant our flag. We got to carry our message. Right. So from Jody, putting that seed in your heart to see her courage. Right. You want to build that upon your wife, Jen. Yes. I've got to, I've got to ask you, and maybe this is just putting you on the spot. Are there any are there any other stories you want to share about what you learned from that? Because I remember from your speech, and this is going to sound really interesting, Andrew, but you talked about how you were so fatigued at one time coming down. That the only way you made it was you took out your two water bottles and on your water bottles were the names of your two children. Mm. Okay. I got inspired to go up. I got the message to go up. I plant the flag honoring my wife, my sister, plant the flag to get my message going. But coming down, I was just so fatigued. I had nothing left. And you thought about your kids. You're not just planning a message for research. You're planning a message for the next generation. Right. Let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, I don't know if there's another story you want to share or if I just put you on the spot. Dude, I, but I, I love that. This is a three-hour show, right? So I can tell all my stories the whole time. <laughs> You're giving away my whole book, dude. This is, I, no one's going to buy it now. Yeah. I want them to buy it. <laughs> We'll be right back after this short break. 
We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Thank you for checking out the Twins Talk It Up podcast. If you're enjoying this program and are learning something along with us, please consider becoming a supporting member through our Patreon at patreon.com slash DSB Leadership Speaking. Also, consider leaving a great rating on iTunes and comment on our other platforms. If you would like more information or would like to become a guest on a future episode, please send a message via our website, www.dsbleadershipgroup.com. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. So the, the story behind that one um, was uh be, be, by the way they're we, we call them twins so i appreciate you know i know it, in order to be a guest on this show you have to have some kind of twin <laughs> thing so that's the only reason i was going on my kids are twins um you know as, as you know we adopted two kids from ethiopia they're 18 days apart so we like to call them twins um so that story was about um what that story was about was uh i had climbed uh, mount whitney which is the highest mountain in the lower 48, uh, 14,500 feet. And we did it in the wintertime. So it brings a whole bunch of different challenges of snow and all these other problems, uh, layers of difficulty to challenge ourselves. And we had just had, you know, relatively new to having kids. And so I wasn't training. I was getting a little older. I was getting a little cockier. Um, the business was keeping me busy. And, you know, Jen's MS kept me from, we used to go from hike training hikes together and I couldn't do that. So I was not in tip top shape. And when we talk about getting to the summit, you know, we, we, it's a little different than climbing is that you've got to be safe. You're right. You're not going to, we don't want somebody up there who's got pulmonary edema. You know, when I talk about altitude sickness, I'm talking about people vomiting and getting some headache. This is not life threatening disease. By all means, we're going to get you down. Right. So we need to get to the summit safely because you know, that's, that's our goal. Um, the goal is not to get to the summit, it's to get back, back home. So that particular climb, I was kind of running out of gas. I was like, "Ooh, getting a little dizzy going to the summit. Didn't have necessarily altitude things, but definitely getting nausea that I hadn't experienced and spent a lot of gas getting to the summit, which you're not supposed to do. You got to have gas in the gas tank getting back down. 80% of the accidents on the way down wow. um, because people are like, they spent too much getting there uh, and don't leave enough to get back down. So I was running out of gas. I was tired. I was spent. I was done. You know, and so my buddies were lying to me, Tiger and Danny were going, dude, you know, it's just around the corner, just around. I'm like, okay, I got this just around the corner. I'm like, guys, it's not camp isn't here. And now I was kind of lost, disoriented. So I didn't know where I was going. I was done, man. I was done. I didn't want to go any further. I was, I, 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 I was done my climb. What was I going to do? Lie down and die? No. Mm-hmm. I had to keep going. I'm not back in camp. I'm not going to die. Mm-hmm. I kept put one foot in front of the other. So what I would do was write my, my son's name on one water bottle and my daughter's name on another water bottle. So every time I took a sip from my water bottles, I knew why I was climbing, which mm-hmm. was not to get to the summit, but to get back to see my family. Yeah. 
to get back to see those kids. And so don't give up. Don't stop. Don't lie down and die when you're encountering adversity. Our bodies are, can go so much further than we think. You know, our brains are wired such that we don't want to, they don't want to, we don't, they don't want to, to kill ourselves. Yeah. But, you know, if you've ever got yourself in a difficult situation, you can go so much further than you ever thought you could. Just keep going. And that's not just a mountain climbing story, right? That's a life story. So many times I thought be more was over, but we just kept going. We said, what just kept putting, get out of bed. I, you know, so many days it's dark and cold, especially this time of year. I don't want to get out of bed because I just lost my biggest customer. I don't want to get out of bed because this employee is driving me nuts. I don't want to get out of bed because we're almost out of cash. Mm. And I hear that. I hear you. You just want to feel so you know, feel sorry for it. And that's fine. Do that for 10 minutes, but then get out of bed and keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. This is Danny, by the way, Angie, <clears throat> that hit, that hit uh, home for me. Um, when I was in the military, we had these long, long, long marches and yeah. times we had to run and we would get up four o'clock in the morning. We knew exactly what was going to happen. Uh, I was one of the, the smart ones. I listened to my NTO at the time. I, I wore uh, two layers of socks. <laughs> when you're going out there and you get, you're going to get, a, you're going to get blisters. And so we didn't know when, where, where we're going to go, how far we're going to go. We just know people wanted to give up. <clears throat> and I would tell you that we just had the same one foot in front of the other. Even when my wife was running a marathon, she wanted to quit. Um, and she just said, okay, you know what? Let me just put one more foot in front of the other. Let's just, let's just go one, one foot at a time. And then she goes, okay, I'm at mile 20. If I can just get to 21, then I'll, then I'll might, then I might stop. Okay. Yep. If I can just get to 22. Exactly. So these, these, these things are so um, needed in order to get to the finish line. But one thing that really hit close to me was you said you had, you had your two children on the water bottles. And at times when we go after our dreams, we hit obstacles we think we're at our limit. We, we don't know what's going to happen next. We want to give up. And we think the summit, we made it, we're done. But we're like, no, we got to get home. We got to get back. Yeah. Your two children were your inspiration. And so as we're listening to the podcast today, as we're listening to this audience, sometimes you need that reminder. Yeah. David would always tell you, make sure you write in your gratitude journal. When you hit the, the tough times, when you hit the hard times, you need that journal. You need those reminders of why you're going after your why so that you don't quit. So don't forget that. If you need to, get two water bottles and put them at your desk and write down your loved one's names on it. Do it. There you go. Before the, the difficulties happen, just yeah. do it so that when you feel like quitting, when you feel like, I just, I just want to take a break for two hours, I, you know, I'm done. Look at the names on the water bottle. Look at your why so yeah. that you don't give up. Um, put, put it on your mirror in the morning, right? If you're shaving or putting your makeup on, you know, oh, it's dark. It's six o'clock. It's still dark. It's freaking freezing in my house. I don't want to go to work today because of X, Y, Z. Oh, it's right there in your bathroom mirror why I'm going to work today. Exactly. It's inspiring you to go to work today. I love it. Great examples, Andrew. You're absolutely right. Put it on your mirror when you're brushing your teeth. Put it wherever you go so you can see when you go out the door. Uh, one of the things, um, Andrew, you said that your mission is to take a bite out of the disease. Yeah. What happens when we finally come to the realization that 
our life's mission is of what purpose it is. I mean, right now you, you, you think about all the work you've done. You think about the, the cancer and, and the reason why you climb and the flags, all this is accumulation is coming up. And you stated, this is your mission to take a bite of the disease. Mm-hmm. Can you expound a little bit more about that and how that can help us when we figure out what our why is, when we figure out what our mission is, how we can continue to move forward with that. Yes. So, uh, you know, one of the, actually, I I need to update my mission because I read Simon Sinek's book um, and and he says, you need to end your mission with so that, right? Mm. So that, and what, so I've I've had to revise it to my mission is to take a bite out of disease so that other people don't have to go through the pain that I went through, Mm. right? To watch my baby niece, baby nephews that were five seven and 10 lose their mother and her, her husband. So that, um, you know, having my wife watched her struggles every day so that other people don't go through this. So that's what helps me overcome any challenges that I have in my life, you know, and it, it gives me a, a, a purpose in everything. It brings so much joy, no matter what you're doing because you're living your purpose. And if I were to leave the earth tomorrow, I've moved closer to that purpose than, than we were before. You know, when we created the Be More Organic Smoothie, there was no other organic protein smoothie with no added sugar. We changed the way the world eats. Now you can go to 7-Eleven and find a, a no added sugar protein drink. It's everywhere now. And we helped do that by driving this category forward. And, you know, it's so fulfilling that when I'm on my deathbed, I can say, oh my gosh, I made a gazillion dollars. I haven't, but it, you know, when I'm, when I'm going to meet my maker, I'll be ready because I live my life's mission. And that is awesome. That is awesome. You know, man's, man's search for meaning is the name of the book by the Holocaust survivor, by the way. Um, and that's been really helpful. So yeah, it, it, that's what helps you go from pain to passion because when, when we're dealing with hardship, that's what helps you get out on the other side. That is awesome. The, 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 um, the, you brought up the military, which is great. And thanks to you for your service. But that, I think mountain climbing and, 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 um, and the military are similar in that one of the tenets that I learned, and of course, David will tell you, was get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. Right? The Navy SEALs, what do they do with those poor kids? They take those guys, they throw them in the icy water at night. They drag them out of bed, first of all, and they throw them in the icy cold water overnight and they're waves are going up their, up their nose and they're getting salt water in their nasal passages and they're cold. It's dark. It's they're scared. They're hungry. They're tired. And they're in there for hours. And then what do they do? They finally let them out of the water and then they, all right, go roll around in the sand. And now you've got sand where you didn't know you had body parts, right? Why do they do that? To get them comfortable being uncomfortable. Our lives are so comfortable that it's hard to keep putting one foot in front of the other if you haven't had to do that. Oh gosh, you know, I've had to watch Netflix and stay home and not go out to a bar. Okay. But what are you doing to get yourself comfortable being uncomfortable? You don't have to go join the military. It's helpful. You don't have to climb a mountain. It's helpful. But there's so many other ways. I mean, running a marathon. You don't have to run a marathon. You can do a two day, a two or three day fast. Oh, this is uncomfortable. Take a two-minute cold shower. It's got so many health benefits. Oh, that's painful. You know, 
what can you do to get comfortable being uncomfortable? That is powerful, Andrew. I, I, I was thinking while you're speaking, you said, you know, when I'm lying there on my deathbed, a lot of times we are at a certain point in our lives. It doesn't matter how old you are, your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, even your 30s. I, I know some younger people that think, oh my gosh, I've, I've lived everything out. I haven't had a chance to live my life. Or and I'm thinking to myself, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Go live your life right now. What are you talking about? Right. Don't have any regrets. Go do it right now. That was, that was uh, phenomenal. I like to think that, as you said, when you're on your deathbed, and you're going to meet your maker, you're, you're, you're satisfied. You've, you've lived yeah. out your life. You've lived out your purpose. Uh, you've done things uh, to benefit and help others as well. And it wasn't just about sitting around and watching Netflix all day long. Nothing against Netflix if you work for the company. No, it's, and it's a great, at the end of the day, you're tired. Oh, absolutely. There's so many great documents. Absolutely. But, you know, we, we um, you know, people say, oh, you had such a hard life. You have your parents died, your wife, multiple sclerosis. You know, the doctor said, you know, you can't. You can't have kids because of the multiple sclerosis. Then we adopted the two most beautiful creatures on the face of this earth uh, from Ethiopia. Um, and I've been given such a gift, mm. a gift to help all these challenges help me find my why. And I live every day with a sense of purpose. So I don't look at myself as having a, a challenge life. I see myself as like a gifted life. Wow. Awesome. I love that, Andrew, and I appreciate you sharing that. And, and just so our listeners right now, if you're hearing this, I want you to pause. I want you to subscribe. And then I want you to get Andrew's book. Andrew Berger's book, Carry a Flag from Pain to Passion. Mm -hmm. Today, we talk so much about our why, finding out what we're passionate about, what's going to drive us. But we've also learned some incredible lessons from Andrew that it's not just about reaching your summit. You've also got to have the conviction to come home, inspire the people that really are your foundation. I think that so many of us looking at this time together, what we've been through, we become more resilient. Hopefully we become more resolved, but I want you to also figure out what is your message? What flag are you going to be carrying? Not a flag just for yourself, but for the people that are standing behind you, needing you to reach that summit, to plant that flag, and to ultimately return home. So I want to thank Andrew for joining us today. Andrew, it has been a joy. I look forward to you and I working together, doing more projects together. But we are going to continue to promote this. We're going to push this out because we want our listeners to understand that there's something great in front of them. They've just got to take that flag. They've got to take that message. They've got to keep going. And by the way, yes, we did mention Netflix a few times. We don't mind Netflix being oh, a no. this program. We'll take them. We'll take yeah. them. <laughs> but overall, uh, on behalf of my twin brother, Danny Brown, uh, my name is Dave Brown. I want to thank you for joining us today. Andrew, thank you for joining us and really giving us not just a glimpse of your book, but really your heart. So thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate having you. This isn't the last time we're going to talk, guys. We'll talk again soon. Certainly. Well, thank you guys for joining us on the Twins Talking Up podcast. We'll see you at the next episode. Don't forget to subscribe and ask us about sponsorships. We'll see you guys soon. Take care, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talking Up podcast. 
Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSB Leadership and visit us online at dsbleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.